<laughs> oh boy we're back everybody we're in our wrestleverse podcast and um it bad like it ran a bad um wwe got sued again and no not for the whole uh endeavor deal that's going on the, the investigators are still looking into that uh, no, they got sued by a uh, former black female writer for and a big lawsuit. Uh, she uh, she sued WWE and uh, apparently uh, WWE had a jargon list of racially insensitive scripts, mostly racial, stereotypical, and other people like used in scripts for black wrestlers to include Bianca Belair and Apollo Crews and this was the work of according to Bloomberg uh, Brittany Abrahams Brittany Abrahams uh, her complaints were ultimately ignored over these things and she was pretextually terminated for taking home a Wrestlemania branded chair because it looks like uh, branded chairs take homes are a myth so uh especially if they're empty according to the complaint filed in the u.s district court of the eastern district of new york on monday mcmahon re reinstated himself to the board of directors in january and in faces of ongoing litigation stemming from his alleged charges i won't say them the day recently announced his plan to merge with ufc and well <laughs> yeah abrahams uh began writing for rod smackdown in 2020 according to the complaint she complained about uh, racial and gender stereotypes in scripts, including one instructing Belair to say, uh-uh, don't make me take off my earrings and beat your you-know-what. And Cruz to speak with a stereotypical and exaggerated Nigerian accent. But she was, but was rebuffed, despite her concerns. Then they didn't immediately respond to the Bloomberg draw for request for comment. But harmful stereotypes, um... Okay, so, okay, this is where things get, um, yeah. So, according to this, uh, she allegedly, she was allegedly subject to a number of racist pits, pitches after complaining on a Slack thread that McMahon and his daughter Stephanie McMahon were including. Otherwise, suggested a black male wrestler should dress in drag. Only when a white wrestler know that doing so could perpetually harmful stereotypes that would offend viewers was the pitch scrap she said but when she spoke it was basically stupid um then there was an occasion where a writer allegedly proposed that a muslim wrestler would have his love triangle in, in, in involving angel garza and this other woman i do not remember her name but um well it was said to be mansoor uh, who is from Saudi Arabia and because he is from Saudi Arabia and Muslim uh, uh, apparently they were going to do a dark secret where they would reveal that he was behind the 9-11 attacks in the 2020s I am not kidding I wish this was a joke and Debbie had to do damage control on it afterwards, but we'll get to that. Other writers complained, especially her, about the comments to which Vice President Christine 
Christine, I can't pronounce the last name, Italy responded, wacky things are said in the riot stream all the time. I know, but look at the waves where we were making the company. Four years ago, no woman worked on the riot team. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. She started back in 2020, according to the lawsuits and the documents and her claims. And they didn't have women writers until four years ago. Um, so when I heard that, I had to double check the year that was. Uh, 2018, 2018, 2017, 2016. So, according to the logistics here, there was no women writers in 20 in 26 until 2020 so four years ago during the women's revolution evolution whatnot there was no writers evolution no writers okay um i'm, I'm pretty sure this is a problem Abrahams continued to oppose racist, sexist pitches, she said, and was fired in retaliation in April 2022. WWE fired her for taking home her, her, with her a WrestleMania branded chair, but the practice was allegedly a common practice that white male writers were punished for. Of course. She is seeking reinstatement, damages, declaratory judgment, and injunction restraining defendants from engaging in such unlawful conduct. I would like to go ahead and mention that WWE Damage controlled this. They announced they would not talk about the lawsuit because to answer for the horrible things they said, well, yeah, that would be asking WWE to be the morally good guys here. But uh, as we know, WWE isn't known for that. If anything, they're known for their very bigoted viewpoints of the world. So apparently the talent backstage didn't hear about the whole idea and not even the character, the wrestler they were going to offensively give this to and at one point. When I first heard this, I was like, before I had heard who the name was, I initially assumed it was Mustafa Ali or Mustafa Ali um, because he did leave over an idea that really pissed him off to the point that he got into a heated argument with Vince, walked out, went disappeared for two months then asked he wanted to leave and then he came back because he didn't want him to leave for reasons i don't get until budget cuts happened and even then they didn't fire him so he came back water seemingly under the bridge and yeah turns out it was monsoor and he didn't know about this pitch no one in the locker room knew about the pitch until way later and the damage control comment they made was uh it was a joke and i was like okay do we have to bring up the fact that you one pitched a nazi cyborg to the point vince was stunned at your insanity and then 20 years later you pitch gunther stark uh, a nazi u-boat commander name to an Austrian wrestler because God knows that's not going to piss anyone off. And and, and you're and then early and then heading into WrestleMania after WrestleMania, controversy arose again when you decide to use freaking Auschwitz. I am not kidding as a screenshot to describe as a way to describe Dominic Mysterious's uh, imprisonment. 
Because that would definitely not make people mad. It's not like the biggest German newspaper company came out and talked about this. It's not like the Museum for Auschwitz went ahead and talked about it. Oh wait, they did. So would it amaze me that Dodo you thought that was a great idea? Probably not. Uh, it would just make me be like, yeah, I could imagine Dodo pitching this. And surprisingly, this is not just Vince, it's more than just him. It's the writers, the management, and I was just like, okay, call me paranoid guys, but I think these people might actually be evil. So, yeah. Uh, judgment awaits them, hopefully, one day. Oh, God. I don't know if the case will be thrown out or will be a settlement because WWE has a history of paying people off in settlements. So, yeah. Vince will pro and with the big acquisition happening, they'll probably be like, okay, here's $20 million if you shut up. And whatnot, and that somehow fixes the problem. Not really, but they'll think it did. So, yeah. WWE everyone and the gatekeepers need to protect and the tribalists need to protect this So while that had happened uh, AEW decided to have their big announcement because Tony Khan needs to do that um, <laughs> He announced the Owen Hart Cup tournament to begin at double or nothing uh, knowing that the opening ceremonies would take place at the preview on May 28th, meanwhile the tournament itself will take place in Canada, scheduled for the with matches scheduled for the joint New Japan Pro Wrestling AEW Forbidden Door crossover event in Toronto on June 25th, and the fight finals will take place in the Saddle Dome in Ohio Owen's hometown of Calgary on July 15th. Yay! So yeah. Um, Yay for Owen's legacy to be intact and not all mocked at by certain evil people in WWE. Especially since they got him killed. Now, I'm not saying this was a deliberate murder. That That's just stupid. This was just gross negligence that WWE just has an apathetic morality sense of it. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, okay, we all, like, everyone talked about Bill or Nothing last year. They all complained. Yes, the show was super longer than usual, five hours, and we all get stressed out enough watching WWE content for that long. WrestleMania a few years back, anybody? Uh, so, yeah, I at least get the frustration, but when it came out that the reason why he bought another hour is because he wanted Martha to get, get all her words in, get her speech in honoring Owen and all that and I was like damn it that's a good moment because really think about it Owen Hart Owen Hart's tragedy made Martha and her family basically swear off wrestling and the schism they caused in the family especially when they sued uh, Martha because grieving widow don't care WWE a moral company uh, yeah and here's a company that wants to honor the past and whatnot. And then how they handled Brody Lee's death was probably a key factor in this decision. In fact, a lot of things AEW got out of that was uh, mostly because of how they respected Brody Lee's wishes and not to talk about it. Until the family felt comfortable enough, or in the occasion of tribalism, forced to talk about it because a journalist doesn't know when to not realize he's saying things that could have gotten him sued if he worded it in a very different way. 
Goddamn. Yeah. So yeah, um Yeah, Martha Hart got her moment at Double or Nothing to honor and and smile and be happy for probably the first time in a long time being in a wrestling crowd after everything that happened in that event but yeah but yeah uh the owen hart cup it looks like they did learn from like we can't do that ever again probably the big hours but we'll still honor owen hart and you know try and be reasonable about this regarding time constraints and all that hope probably i don't know Meanwhile, as All In sets for his grand return in the UK debut, uh, the pre-sales continue to rise. 60,000. Uh-huh. Yep. So the pre-sale set to begin on May 2nd, with the general sale on May 5th. So we have a few days left. And then all hell will break loose. So we got more information on when WWE decided to revive and recreate the World Heavyweight Championship. And apparently it's been in the works for some time. According to Dave Meltzer, so take it over what you will, the decision to create a second world title was made all the way back in 2032 when the WWE decided to unify the world, the Universal and WWE titles at WrestleMania 38. Defeating with Roman, you know, becoming the ultimate champion. As a title unification was one of the selling points of Mania, it was decided to wait a certain amount of time before creating a new world title. By November 2022, the plan for night one of WrestleMania 39 was to crown the new champion in a match that would have seen Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre clash, and Cody Rhodes would have been added to the mix to make it a triple threat had The Rock agreed to face Roman Reigns in the main event of Mania. I would like to point out, I called this to to Cody, to, like WWE had basically told Cody, hey, uh, look, you're gonna get the main event of WrestleMania and you're gonna fight Roman Reigns for the title, but like if The Rock comes, uh, come back, you're gonna get the bronze title probably. Dude, uncool. So yeah. And now we have to be crowning the new champion at Blood Money. Yay. I'm sure this doesn't piss anyone off. So, we also have found out who the leading candidate is going to be. Uh, like, when I first heard who the leading candidate was, I was like, yeah, that, that, that sounds about right. Uh, especially they got to pay him back for, you know, the constant suck-up he did for during the year 2020 to 2022. And the fact that he almost tried to kill Vince once, and that was going to be hilarious because he was pissed off over what happened at Hell in a Cell. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. According to WrestleVotes, uh, telling Give Me Sport, uh, the Seth Rollins is currently the leading candidate to win the world title. With the new title I've heard, he's a very strong candidate to be the first guy, no doubt about it. Seth is your leading candidate. So, while it is possible he could win it, there's all, please note, they say he's the leading candidate. We still have a, we still have a full month left before we get to May 27th, which means it could change any time. But knowing that Vince McMahon, allegedly, is not the head of creative, they're probably going to stick to the idea, unless someone can give a convincingly good argument. But if Vince is really in charge, which I wouldn't be surprised, it, it's going to be a different scenario. 
Meanwhile, um, <sighs> uh, as AEW Collision starts to ramp up, apparently with no confirmation yet from the from the press, uh, according to Fight TV, AEW scrapping Dark Elevation. Yep, AEW has not made an official statement about it. The show hasn't been taped in recent weeks as Ring of Honor has been filmed in the usual Dark Elevation slot out Dynamite tapings. So... Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's definitely a high probability that, yeah, this, that Dark's over, that Dark Elevation is over since, you know, Ring of Honor came in. And now with Collision, they kind of don't have much of a need to have Dark Elevation. They can still have Dark, but now that they have a two-hour primetime show for TNT, probably, it's probably best to lower the start cutting down the show a little bit. If for no other reason that Tony Khan needs to stop stop uh, overexerting his his will on everything because he's going to go crazy, more so. So, Shane McMahon has showed up at WrestleMania and tore his quad, honoring the father's, the father's quad terror all those years ago. And somehow Vince will not, will, will never give him a proper birthday wish. I had to make a comment. Uh, Shane McMahon's already back in the gym. He's laying right leg brace and um, he's already training. Way to go. How long will McMahon be out of action for? It's not known. Um, it typically takes between 6 to 12 months to recover from a torn quad, according to sources. For reference, Triple H was absent between May 2001 and... and uh, January 2002, and that's when he tore his quad the first time. The game also relocated to Birmingham, Alabama in order to intensely rehab the injury and return faster. I know there will be future plans for Shane McMahon on TV or where this WrestleMania appearance was a one-off. So, uh, yeah. Congrats, Shane. You're, you've become your daddy and your dad still doesn't care. So, Mahama Hassan, remember him? So, uh, Muhammad Hassan, the guy who, in another reality, became a multi-time world champion and left, and left a living, left a great career for himself. Yay! Oh wait, we're not in that reality. We're in the reality where uh, they did a se this segment that was taped, and that uh, July seventh happened, and they couldn't edit it out just in time. Uh, yeah. So Jonathan Coachman decided to talk about the whole thing. Uh, yeah, especially Maha Hassan, who I must remind, who I would, I would probably like to mention this. He's Italian American. He's not anything of of the Muslim ethnicities. And yeah. So um. Yeah, that, that might be a little bit problem. He's not Arab, and he's an Italian who's being told to play an Arab American. I'm sure that that's not going to piss anyone off if they learned about it. If they learned about it today, and it was done today, Child the Coachman decided to bring up how some members of the WWE roster made his life a living hell. 
responding to a tweet that showed the current day current day Mahama Hassan character Mark Kopani uh, who works as a principal at a high school in New York saying I never felt worse for an incoming talent than this man right here certain people not everyone made his life a living hell so glad he's to see God out and is doing wonderful he looks like yeah he did wrestle a few times in the promotion the dynasty in 2018 and like I say it, it, he's an amazing what if honestly he and, and yeah, he could have. He could. He was supposed to be world champion in 2005, fighting Batista at SummerSlam. He was gonna win the title there. I would have been there alive to see it, which would have been freaking awesome. So, but we'll never see that. What if? Instead, we got uh, JBL, who I will not talk about much on that. Uh, got the victor. Got the chance to fight Batista, but lost. So at least we got somewhat of a happy ending. So, yeah. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin has both ruled out, doesn't rule out, and yet does rule out an in-ring return after WrestleMania 39 rejection. Say, Stone Cold spoke to WESH2, WESH2, the Hall of Famer outlined why he eventually said no to this year's WrestleMania while leaving the door open for another match if the timing and circumstances are right. Probably not, but like he's not going to lobby for it. They approached me about wrestling at WrestleMania 39. I thought, what I did with Kevin, that was a great send-off because I started in Dallas and I got to end it and got a chance to end in Dallas. The way we framed that match, too much wasn't, wasn't expected. I got approached to be part of 39. With the schedule of filming, I told WWE I don't know what my life looks like until we get into production and knowing if I can train for WrestleMania 39. Hell yeah. We finished the show about five to seven days before WrestleMania. There is no way of traveling all over God's creation in an RV with a 35-pound dumbbell, a 45-pound sandbag, and some kettlebells that I could have gotten in that kind of shape. In the future, I'm not saying it will, I will get back in the ring, but like I said at 38, if the stars align, anything could happen. Initially... And this is involving uh, Stone Cold's new reality show, set to premiere on A&E as part of the WWE Superstar Sunday lineup. Uh, Stone Cold takes on America. Okay, uh, about to get a little political here. Hey, can you go back to Texas and kick Ron and kick Greg Abbott's ass, and then go to Florida and kick Ron and kick uh, Rod DeSantis's ass, and then go back to Texas as your season finale to kick uh, Ted Cruz's ass? I'm pretty sure you'll win a whole bunch of viewers. So AEW made big signings, big signings, yeah, yeah, big signings happened, and, uh, <laughs> oh, man. two big signings have happened, and, yeah, they announced that Ashley D'Ambrosi, he have been offered a contract by AEW, and Fightful Select has reported that the wrestler has signed the deal. It is unknown where the new talent will be with the promotion, but she has wrestled exclusively in Ring of Honor and AEW against the likes of Athena, Maki Ito, Emma Sakura, and Mei Sugura since the middle of March. If she signed full-time or is a tier deal, it's currently unknown. She also regularly appeared on Dark and Dark Love Asia between 2021 of April and October 2022, wrestling the likes of Ruby Soho, Dynamite, uh, Willow, Willow Nightingale, and Chris Stylander. She also appeared on TV, teaming with Sky Blue in a loss to Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter on the July 2022 episode of Rampage. This is Rampage! She also competed in NWA and Impact as well as on the independent circuit. Yay! Oh, and Roger Strong, in a surprise appearance, 
joined All Elite Wrestling and has teamed up with Adam Gold, baby. Uh, he signed a deal in 2021 back in, in when he was an NXT NXT North American Champion, a renewal deal, and had requested his release last year, which was initially rejected. When he signed his new deal, Strong was set to be a focal point for a revamped Cruiserweight division, though plans changed when Triple H fell out of power. Thanks, fans. And then Diamond Mine also changed significantly over time, where various members were released and injured. There were discussions about pitching him to act as a coach for the remainder of his contract, which was believed to run into next year. Strong had been off of television, and talent had been kept in the dark about his absence, though it was said those that closed to him said he was doing well physically and was clear to wrestle. It was noted that Strong signing was viewed as a pleasant surprise by those backstage as he's generally well liked within the industry. Yeah, and uh, WWE was at a shock that this happened. Like, impossible. How did Roderick Strong get under our grip? And I'm just like, did, did you released him? Why did you think he'd be? Why didn't you? Why didn't you think he joined AEW? Wouldn't it have been the most painfully obvious thing, especially since, uh, you know, uh, Tony Khan signed the other members of the Undisputed Era, and then Bobby Fish left, who is probably now thinking, "God damn, I should have thought this through more." Like, like I'm not dis discounting Impact Wrestling. It's a grand, damn good show at times, and it had done and and it has done experimental stuff and has gotten great talent, and you know recently felt the glow recently. Uh, uh, yes, um, but I'm just that guy that's like Bobby. It wasn't worth it, man. It wasn't worth burning the bridge from AEW just so you could try and go back to WWE and now look at this look at the problem you are now cut off from the from the rest of the undisputed elite to now being an impact which like I said at least gave at least Bobby Fish can say he gave birth to a new meme of where's the lie <laughs> yeah Meanwhile, WWE has continued his hybrid working situation until just now uh, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, and that arrangement is coming to an end at the beginning of March, I mean, of May. PW Insider reported that CEO and full and secret tyrant that hides behind the throne has emailed all employees ordering, ordering them to return to the office full-time from the start of the next month. We are all fortunate to be three years, one month, 14 days removed from the moment where we had to stay at home orders were put in place. Businesses shuttered, some permanently, and sports seasons canceled. Of course, at WJ, thanks to all of you, we continue to move forward, never missing a week of production in the safest way possible. Yes. All it did was cost us our integrity more than it already had cost us. We fired like a goddamn amount, millions, millions of dollars worth of people. Uh, we also accepted a bribe. Okay, we also bribed the government, uh, probably because Linda has a super PAC deal with Florida. So uh, while AEW got to benefit from that, uh, we also got to uh, benefit ourselves from screwing people over and breaking mandates. And oh, uh, also, uh, we didn't implement COVID policies until halfway into the year. And then told people they were masked and not real fans. Because we're idiots. <laughs> As such, we will be going back. 
back to what has always been the case prior to COVID, which is a return to five days of work in the office. A week in the office. Nothing replaces our ability to interact with one another as we collectively continue to build and represent our company. We will all connect better and be better. Monday, May 1st, will be the start of our full-time return to the offices. For those based in Stanford, our first group has moved to our new HQ, and the rest of us will be there certainly. We thank you for your patience with this process. If you have not seen it yet, it is this particular workspace that we believe you will all be quite proud of. Thank you. Thank you for all. I'm sure that one's going to go well. They didn't like that. Meanwhile, Braun Strowman has a concussion. Uh, after, likely during his victory of... Over, likely after he and Ricochet's victory over the Viking Raiders after April 21st. And, um, Braun Strowman's still wrestling, even though, uh, I, I would like to bring this up. He, he has a concussion. And as much as we would love to say we commend you, Braun, for your dedication and your continued need to work, uh, no, go home, just take a break. Dude, like we like the uh, part of me blames Kenny, blames Cody especially because now you have all these wrestlers all of a sudden going to be like, okay, I know I have like multiple limbs missing, but I'm gonna go out that ring and probably cut my head off in the process. Like, okay, Eddie Kingston did the same thing. He he had a hernia last year. And only recently confirmed to the doctor to the AEW doctors, yeah, I have a hernia. I just have a mentality where I keep working even when I'm supposed to not do that. And because I worked for 20 plus years being in the independence, I'm kind of crazy, as you know. And he apologized. At least he apologized for that. He knows that his mental state probably needs to adapt for these times. But uh, with the fact that he signed to a guaranteed contract, essentially. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I partially uh, play. Uh, and, oh, Finn Balor. Uh, let me just get to that. Let's see. He has a deep cut open in his skull. Yeah. Oh, and heading into Hell in a Cell, he had a. <laughs> oh god! Like when I heard this, I was like, "Oh god damn it! God damn it, man!" Um. He was working. After Mania, after he split his skull, and 14 staples, and he has a level 2 calf injury, and he had that heading into the Hell in a Cell match. So thank down Cole, Cody Rhodes, and Omega, you've started a trend of people being stupid. You stupid idiots. Look what they have done, man. Look how they have massacred my boy. My boy. So, um, PW Torch Wayne Keller, aka the editor-in-chief, allegedly. That's my a standard nickname because at this point, um I still am still pissed off at PW Torch. But we have to be fair and give them the reports when they give somewhat good reports. So the big meeting. Chris Jericho, CM Punk, FTR as mediators. They took place. Fightful Select has also reported 
the meeting was relatively uneventful, all things considered. Another source joked that it was simply a positive that they didn't end up fighting. So, yeah. So yeah, apparently the meeting may have went well, and uh, it wasn't like a huge fight. Um, so, yay! We could probably have things work out now. Go now, go kiss up to the now. Go say apologize to the Ali, and the Ali apologize to you, and we can all make money here. Meanwhile, uh, NXT had their spring break in, literally when you think about it. Um. Racer Wall, Solo Roca, and uh, Indy Hartwell are all injured. I should be like you, Mel. Yeah, Corey's wrestling is over live. Two times went immediately to the finish after the spot where uh, Grayson Waller got hurt in his matchup with, against with Carmelo Hayes. In fact, a spring break-in, not only was it a rough night, but the NXT Women's Championship also had to be changed on the fly after Indy Hartwell suffered an ankle injury following a senton from Tiffany Stratton to the floor and onto Indy and Roxine Perez. Uh, so, uh, apparently, uh, the insanity around it for the remainder of the match caused players to change on the fly. Like, okay, Tiffany, you're going to win the NXT Women's Championship while well, Hartwell was injured. No, Indy Hartwell, is, she's, she's clean enough to go. Uh, you can be the mate, you can retain the championship. Wait. Why not Roxanne Perez? Um. Yeah, why didn't they just go with Roxanne Perez and they were just going to keep switching back and forth? Like, she wasn't even added to the idea. It's like, it was like, oh, Tiffany Stratton, uh, she still needs improvement, but we could put her on the title. We could give her a title run. Uh, uh, Indy Hartwell is back. Wait, uh, can we just push it, give it back to Roxanne Perez and have her build up, and then we could give Tiffany Stratton the moment if Indy Hartwell is not able to finish the match? Who the f*** is Roxanne Perez? The woman we signed earlier last year, late last year. Oh. She's in the match? That's my imagination of what probably happened with Shawn Michaels since Shawn Michaels still to this day does not know how the internet works as indicated by NXT. <laughs> Meanwhile, WWE is planning to try and sign as many AEW stars as possible since there's a bunch of them coming up this year. According to Meltzer. Uh, so yeah, AEW is in the meantime trying to re-talk to... Um, trying to see if they can re-sign the Elite to the promotion while MGF continues to brag about the Great Bidding War. But uh, apparently a uh, hiring freeze is in place within the McMahon company and has been since the start of the tier, which led them to losing Jay Whitehall. So congratulations, you lost Jay Whitehall. Meanwhile, uh, WWE is now crediting Tiffany Stratton for the improved ratings. And they even set her presence on the NXT commercials during the April 24th edition of Monday Night Raw as a reason for the ratings boost, according to Wrestling Observer's radio, Dave Meltzer. A dip in viewers on Fox News, uh, Fox News may have also led to a boost in NXT ratings. 
I think it might be because they fired a guy that a lot of people hated, but they couldn't help but like to hear his insane rhetoric, so they could just go ahead and make fun of him on the internet. That's probably it. Probably. Uh, yeah. So, Brian James, aka Road Dog. Oh, you didn't know? You're call somebody. On his podcast of Oh, You Didn't Know. Um, he said this I think no matter what you do with Omos, no matter what happened at WrestleMania, no matter what you do, Omos can walk into any arena in any city of the world, and everybody in there will be in awe because I think he's that kind of attraction. Okay, bro, dog, you have grand ideas. <laughs> but, like, let's not go too far yet. He's still relatively green and really. I, I think the bi other big guy in AEW is actually kind of more interesting. But, okay, you, you see potential. Fine. G g go ahead. Y you're good. It's not like you're going to go ahead and make insane expectations. He has more upside to me in my mind. And I know times are different and things are different than Andre the Giant and Big Show than all these guys. Okay, um, bro dog, do I need to get you... Do I need to show you the moment when you shot yourself in the foot? Because this is a definition of shooting yourself in the foot. To be as big as he was and drop kicking and go into the top rope, Big Show is an incredible athlete. This guy is the same kind of athlete. He's really good athlete at that size. It's really uncommon and it's really cool to see. He's really huge. I didn't look at Big Show like I look at this guy. He's just so tall and so high above me when you're standing there talking to him. Road Dog. My guy. My confidante, my dude. That is insanely over over expectations. That is insane expectations. You're telling me, Omas, Omas the giant, is going to it has more upside potential than the big show and Andre the freaking giant. You know. Andre the Giant, the 15-year undefeated streak, um, WWE multi-time multi world WWE champion and a multi-world champion in other promotions, and considered the eighth wonder of the world to the point that it took a few decades later for us to get China, who was became the ninth wonder of the world in WWE's logic. You think he is bigger than he can be bigger than those two put together? Big Show, he could have done nothing in his career, and he would already left his mark for his numerous face and heel turns. But he still did pretty damn good for his career and his certified Hall of Fame status uh, eventually. But don't you think you're kind of rushing this? Like, I'm not d d d criticizing that you see potential in Omos. That's a completely different subject. I'm criticizing that you think. Let's just get this insane expectation on Omos. And if he fails, that will be because of him. It will definitely not be because we have high expectations that are overblown to massive proportions. Can he just be Omos? Not Big Show Andre the Giant the second? Can we just see him as Omos, not those two legends? Can he just be Omos, please? Like. 
And there's just something so insane about what Road Dog said to me. It's just insane. I was like, I was like, you think he can be bigger than those two, and that has more upside, dude? Omas is Omas. Big Show is Big Show. Andre the Giant is Andre the Giant. You can be inspired by them, but you will. To emulate them is another story. And last but not least, a surprise news bit have happened. Uh, WWE's current plans for WrestleMania 40 have leaked accordingly, according to WrestleVotes via Give Me Sport. One match is on the table to main event WrestleMania. What do you think it is? God, give me a wild guess. If you said anything but Cody Rhodes versus Roman, I would have honestly understood if you said The Rock. So WrestleVotes said that I can say this, the rematch that's at the forefront of everybody's minds, Cody versus Roman is very much on the table to main event Philadelphia next year. Ah yes! Let's not just have it at SummerSlam where Cody's more over than ever. Let's just drag this out for a, another year. Oh yes, we would love to do that. It's not like we're eventually going to, you know, if The Rock gets back, is ready for next year, uh, we'll just throw Cody off to the wayside and have ha have Roman fight The Rock and then Cody can just win the other gold belt that we don't care about much. I'm like, maybe we will, but who knows? It's Roman's world. We're just living in it in WWE land. And I have done so yeah as you can see my continuous relationship and status with dealing with WWE especially is crazy but we had a bunch of crazy news hot takes and um yeah it's fun it, it, it's fun despite my uh, reservations on some takes they were making uh, i'm looking forward to the owen cup um Tiffany Stratton even commented about how she feels like she should stick around in NXT a little bit longer and thinks she needs more training and potential chat, especially with her selling and microphone. But yeah, at least at least we're not someone getting a wrestler who's high up on themselves just yet. Uh, Roderick Strong going Hollywood was pretty damn awesome to hear about. I saw it. I'm called baby. Now we just need Kyle O'Reilly and then Bobby Fish needs to somehow apologize to Tony Khan and we'll be able to do a partnership with Impact again and we get to do the Undisputed Elite reunion. Yay. And yeah, All In's doing pretty damn well in the pre-sale registration. Shane McMahon's training. Dark Elevation's dead. Rest in peace. I didn't even watch a single episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, and we learned some possible tentative plans for WrestleMania 40. Yay. But that's that's this week. And I'm pretty sure this is going to get crazier as this podcast continues on. Uh, this is your host, Eric Brown, of NRE, the Wrestleverse, of Neo Reality Entertainment. Feel free to like, comment, subscribe, check out my other content in the description below. Stay tuned for more, and stay tuned more for the NRE Wrestleverse podcast. Still waiting to get to see how things go on YouTube before, before expanding this to other podcast hosting services. And let the hijinks begin after that. But that's later. We'll be back again. See you all again next time. Peace and take care. Hope you all have a good one.